0: It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. Welcome back, everybody, to Money for Lunch. Man, winter is upon us. Uh, the East Coast, uh, you good people are being hammered uh, in, uh, here in sunny Scottsdale Arizona um just a beautiful you know we're in our season right so uh snowbirds are flocking to us and, and it's interesting that when I lived in Salt Lake City snowbirds were people who are coming to play in the snow uh here in Phoenix area snowbirds are people who are leaving the snow right so a dual meaning there but either way we're in you know winter is seems to be in full swing uh very, uh, what do you call it? Mild or even warm October. Now we're just in full swing of uh, massively uh, cold, cold weather. All right, let's jump into it. Let's get the party started. Uh, with the quote of the day, yeah, the quote of the day brought to you by listener Paul Earhart. Paul Earhart, thank you so much for sending this to us. Um, if Or when, you send us your quote of the day. If we use it online, we'll send you out some swag. So keep that in mind. If you want some delicious Money for Lunch swag, a T-shirt, maybe a book, whatever, you can uh, do that by uh, sending us a quote of the day. All right, so uh, I live by two words, tenacity and gratitude, Henry Winkler. I live by two words, tenacity and gratitude, actor Henry Winkler. All right, Speaking of tenacity, I'm being joined today by Eric, um, and let me see if I can not mess up his name. It's Eric Kapitulik, Eric Kapitulik, and uh, Eric Kapitulik and his team um, do something that's rather interesting, and we're going to be getting into that. But he's also the co-author of the program. The program is Lessons from the elite military units for creating and sustaining high-performing leaders and teams. Uh, Eric Kapitulik was an infantry officer, special ops officer with First Force Reconnaissance Company, First Marine Division. He found the program in 2008. Eric was, uh, was part- has participated in eight, eight Ironman triathlons and has uh, submitted five of the seven summits, the highest peaks uh, on each of the seven continents. Eric Kapatulik, welcome to Money for Lunch. Thanks for having me, I appreciate it. You bet, you bet. Well, first of all, thank you for serving our country. Uh, that in itself, uh, you know, is uh, uh, what do you call it? it is uh, a massive thing to do because uh, you know our country uh, just. You know, as as um, what do you call it? Uh, Sometimes our country takes our 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 brave men and women who serve our countries, uh, our military forces, our veterans. They're they're taken for granted. So thank you so much for serving.
1: Uh, Thanks, I appreciate that. As I tell everyone, uh, I certainly appreciate the thanks. But I got more out of the Marine Corps than the Marine Corps ever got out of me. But I appreciate it though.
0: All right, all right. So um, I, I want to get started with this, uh, you know, the, the question I ask all authors, and that is, why write this book? I mean, you know, obviously, you know, the title and your background, I think that it, it's it's obvious that you are uniquely uh, qualified to write the book, but why write the book? What, what got you from, you know, sp- special ops, in the Marine to now doing what you do. Talk about your, you know, how this happened and why write the book. So two questions in one. Sorry about that.
1: Yeah, no, thank you. Um, Well, I was very fortunate growing up being an athlete and getting recruited to play various sports. Uh, I was a three sport varsity athlete in high school, got recruited to do all three sports at various colleges at different levels. Decided to play college lacrosse at the U.S. Naval Academy. Uh, Had a great experience there. Upon graduating, served, as you said, in the United States Marine Corps, which other than husband and daddy, uh, Marine is still my most – but served eight years in the United States Marine Corps as both an infantry officer and then in Marine Corps Special Operations. Uh, While in special operations, my Marines and I were involved in a helicopter crash that killed six of the ten of us aboard the helicopter that day, Uh, leaving behind uh, six little children, five little boys and a little girl. While on deployment, we left on deployment. We had six new teammates join our team, and we deployed to the Persian Gulf. While there... I decided that I would raise money for a college scholarship fund set up for the children of my deceased teammates, and after a successful deployment, I began to do so. And as you highlighted, since that time, have competed in and completed eight Ironman triathlons. I've adventure raced across. I've summited five of the seven summits. A a couple years ago, I summited Mount Everest. All uh, things I love doing. Uh, you know, I, I love doing them, so I don't want to make it seem completely uh, selfless. But but uh, I love doing those things. But I thought that I could do them for a bit more selfless purposes, and uh, and raise money through my through my uh, doing those things. Along the way, after my duty, I, I left it. Uh, I attended business school, and then that was 11 years ago. And I founded the program. And the program is a team. We have one mission. We develop better leaders and create more cohesive teams. We do so with more – now we do so with more than in professional athletic teams and major corporations annually throughout North America. I was compelled – and my co-author, Jake McDonald, and I, we were compelled uh, – not only of our own personal experiences and the experiences, by the way, of all of our, or seven of our teammates at the program, but we were compelled to write the book because of our personal, what what we learned in our own personal experiences, doing some of those things that we've done as, as uh, my teammates are military combat veterans, our experiences uh, just in the military, as well as those things that we enjoy doing outside of it, racing in the Ironman, climbing the world's tallest mountains, etc But also because of the experience that we have working with more than 160 teams annually, learning and just having a passion for being the best leaders and teammates that we can be on all of our teams because our ability to do so ensures our success or ensures our greatest success in life as we highlight individuals can do well in life individual talent allows it but great teams compete for championships on whatever the chosen battlefield may be and great teams are comprised of great team leaders and great teammates we're compelled to teach individuals what specifically that means and what is what's compelled us to write the book
0: Man, that's wonderful. You know, in, in that, uh, that has to be a very, I mean, I don't even know how to describe it. I don't know what adjective to use, but when you're in a helicopter crash, that's one thing. When you're in a helicopter crash where, uh, 60% do not survive, that's a completely different type of crash. And, uh, you know, uh, again, thank you for serving, and and again, thank you for taking care of those those uh, those kids who you know lost you know lost a a parent, lost a father. Um, so thank you so much for doing that. And
1: yeah. and
0: um, so okay, so you are uh, when it comes to the program. And I'm sorry, you wrote it with the who's the co-author again?
1: Jake McDonald.
0: Jake McDonald. And so. Um, when you guys started the program, uh, did you start the program first, then write the book, or did you write the book and then start the physical version of the program?
1: Yeah, great question. No, we 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 got to a point where where we finally said, you know, we can can we. I founded the program 11 years ago, and I use that pronoun okay. very sparingly. I. Uh, but I'm very proud of it, and I founded the program. I'm just as quick to point out to everyone that I would be out of business if it were not for the we. So I founded the program 11 years ago. We have made it what it is, and Jake is a huge part of that we. Uh, We've been working with teams, college, high school, college, pro athletic teams, corporations of every size's, Interacting, we coach our children's youth sports, interacting with parents and teams and families of all sizes for 11 years. In just this past year, we finally decided enough. We can continue to work individually with teams who just hire us to, to do what we do with teams. But that means there's a huge part of America that will never experience. Uh, our experiential training let 's write a book to make sure that we can reach as many people as possible and hope to reach as many as possible and And just in this past year in two thousand and nineteen after eleven years in business, did we write and uh, publish and release our book by the same name
0: Gotcha gotcha and kind of put you i 'm going to put you on the spot a, a, a little bit here. What do you think? How will this book help? readers do more uh, and stop making excuses, you know, for, for not reaching their goals or for not taking action. Talk about this.
1: Yeah. So great question. And I really appreciate it. And, and let me uh, highlight first and foremost, uh, this book will not do that for you. It will not do that for your listeners. A book doesn't do that. You have to make a choice not to make excuses. It's not inherently ingrained in us. We make excuses because we choose to make excuses. In our book, we do highlight why we make excuses, the problem with doing so, and how to ensure you stop What you can do to make excuses a thing of the past. But ultimately, the book has no – you have to make that choice.
0: All right. Okay, you cut out a little bit there. So so say that again.
1: I'm sorry. I was saying a a book, no book, is going to make you stop making excuses. You, the reader, you have to choose to do so. And it takes effort. Specifically, though, getting discussing some of the points that we bring up in the book of what we discuss is number one in life. This isn't the program that believes or teaches this. This is science. What science teaches us, what biology teaches us, is that we either grow or we die. There's no middle Mm. ground. There is no okay. true thing in life. is just maintaining. Right. We're getting better. Or we're... Making excuses is the biggest roadblock that we have to getting better. Why? Because the difference between an excuse and a reason is a very, th- very thin line. So instead of giving excuses and or giving a reason – to your but instead of giving an excuse or a reason just think of everything other than i i need i need to change my preparation other than that just consider everything in your life that you could say as an excuse everything is an excuse because we don't control so much in life what we do control is our preparation. As an example, you're driving, you're driving your kids into school in the morning. There's a car crash. Hey, well, Johnny was late today because of traffic, because of the car crash. No, Johnny was late today because we didn't leave home early enough. Accept 100% responsibility. If we're 1% responsible for something – Take 100% responsibility. If you say that's not fair, I won't disagree with you, but not doing so ensures an inability for us to grow as individuals. One of the things that we highlight to to readers is two of the most common excuses we hear is I don't have time or I ran out of time. Right. So so here, for, for individuals listening today, just make a commitment to never saying those words again. Just just never do it again. Just do it. So you may have other excuses in your life, but because everything that we do in life is habit-forming, because everything we do in life is habit-forming, we need to change that habit of making excuses. That's very difficult to do. That's uh, – trying to, to stop making any excuse is like is the reason why – the gyms are packed on January 2nd, and they're empty by March 2nd, or even February 2nd. We go from never working out to trying to work out every single day. It doesn't work, and then nobody's there February 2nd. Well, the same is true with anything that we've made a habit in our lives. So instead, yes, we make a lot of excuses here. Just don't ever, use the, don't ever have the words, no time come out of your mouth ever again, number one. Number two, as parents, we always use our kids as an excuse. Oh, hey, it was tough getting the kids ready this morning. Yep, hey, the kids had this. Yep, the kids had that. Just stop, As a, if you're a parent, just don't ever use the kids as an excuse for why you did or didn't do something.
0: Yeah. Okay, So, so let me ask you this. Here you are, you have led teams under the most – What's the word I'm looking for? Intense pressure that humans can be placed under. You've worked with Mm -hmm. athletes. You've worked with corporations. When it comes to being human, I mean, what is, in your opinion, the reason that we make excuses or use excuses? What's your thought on that?
1: Yeah, it's easier to do so. Growth is challenging. Growth is challenging. Uh, Regardless of the battlefield, to get better, to change is uncomfortable. We live, I believe, in the greatest country on earth, but we have some challenges. We also live in one of the most affluent nations, nations in the world. That affluence affords us the ability to never be uncomfortable in any format. Mm -hmm. We're we're hot, we turn the air conditioner on. We're cold, we turn the heat on. Realize that's not the case in 90% of the world. It just happens to be the case where most of us live and we vacation. But for most of the world, even that is not an option. So... With the affluence that we have, most people try to stay safely inside of their comfort zone, just doing the things they're naturally talented at doing. Your talent, how much talent you have is in direct proportion to the size of your talent zone. I'm sorry, uh, your comfort zone. A lot of talent, you have a big comfort zone. Stay inside of it, and you can do well in life. The book is not about how to do well. The book is about... How do we achieve everything that we can achieve in our life as, as a husband, as a wife, as a father, as a mother, as a leader, as a teammate on all the teams of which we're privileged to be a part? And to do it, we have got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, but <laughs> excuses allow us to stay really comfortable. I don't have to change anything. It's just somebody else's fault, right? It's it's not take it a hundred percent responsibility, but that forces you to change and change is uncomfortable. But if we're going to achieve everything that we can achieve, it's a prerequisite. Yeah.
0: That's, you know, and I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, first of all, One of the things that I've noticed, and I want to get your feedback on this, is that we, meaning civilized society for the most part, I'll I'll say definitely first world societies, right? Uh, United States, Canada, the you know the UK, stuff like that, where it, it seems like we have been led to believe that we shouldn't have problems going back to what you're saying that you know that that we really the the affluence that we have allows us to be comfortable in almost all aspects of our lives right and that when we be when we are being pushed we call it we call it a problem and it's unfair i'm a victim it's you know i shouldn't have to deal with this insert the battlefield here kind of a thing, right? I should not have to deal with this. And we have been fed this this programming that problems are bad, and we should avoid them.
1: Yeah, you're 100% right, 100% correct. And the the difference is a mindset. It's just a mindset. Do do we have to deal – oh, I have to deal with this, this issue, this challenge. We don't call them problems. We call them challenges. I have to deal with this challenge. No, we get to deal with this challenge. You know, why do you climb Mount Everest? Because I get to. I get to. That's
0: why. And what's interesting, too, is that – I love this idea of get to, because look, back to what you're saying, you're, you're either growing, you're moving forward or or you're falling behind, you're dying. And, And so one of the great things that we have as human beings is that we get to do hard things. We can do hard things. Uh, and what's what, what I have found interesting to me, uh, And again, I want to get your 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 take on this. uh, Is that it seems like as children uh, we don't mind doing hard things. Uh, You know, we don't. You know, it's it's like um, you know doing something hard when you're a kid. Maybe because you don't have the experience or you don't have the vocabulary. You don't. You don't you don't seem to mind it as much right it's not oh this is this is a hard thing you know you just kind of roll with it but as adults we seem to become again I, we 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 hate doing hard things and at the same time it, this is really kind of a, a fascinating situation we hate being challenged unless we have requested to be challenged and this is what I mean um, you, you see things like Tough Mudder, Spartan a couple of other OC races obstacle course races out there that really challenge people and mm-hmm. you have to do all sorts of hard things and people are paying whatever uh, 150 bucks uh, sometimes plus travel to do these hard courses yeah. And nobody really complains about it. I mean, you know, at the end of that course, whether you're in first place or last place, everybody is giving each other high fives because you finished this hard thing. But now, yep. give somebody a hard thing in real life, and they start to whine and cry, and it seems like our our first reaction is that is that pity party right and, and i That's just right. I just don't understand how we have gotten to this point. And, and yeah. I, I, I call it programming, call it marketing, call it whatever. What, back to what you said at the top of the of the of the show is that this affluence has made us so we don't have to be uncomfortable in almost any circumstance. So have we gotten soft? Is that what it is? Is it just unexpected from us? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Toughness is a learned trait. None of us are born physically, mentally or emotionally tough. We're all born soft but then gotcha. we see uh, the, the the thing I guess Bert that I would disagree with you on though is uh when we're children okay we 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 don't we, I think I don't want to put words in your mouth you said god you know we don't we don't mind doing tough things I, I don't know bert that's not the case with my own children it's it's not the case i see coaching my sons soccer and lacrosse teams um i think that my my son participates. I have a daughter as well. She's two and a half years old, and, and so it'll be TBD on her. But you know, he, he participates at Ultimate Obstacles. Imagine American Ninja Warrior uh, indoors, okay? Obstacles right. and high walls you got to climb over. He's eight. He's been doing it since he's been five. Constantly. Well, you know, he he wrestles in the winter time. He, he he starts wrestling. He says, "Daddy, I want to try wrestling." Okay, he starts it. Well, the kids who have been doing it for a couple of years, they wear him out. He doesn't just get pinned. He gets pinned in three seconds again and again and again. Well, guess what? Daddy, I don't want to do this. Right. No, no, no you're doing it. You're doing it. Because you don't want to do it because it's getting hard now. And by the yeah. way, we don't use the term hard in our family. We use challenging. Hard, we reserve for the death of a loved one, sick friend, sick family member. We call those things in life hard. Everything else in life is a challenge. So just so you know, our vernacular, when I talk to my son, when we discuss anything, no, you don't like it because it's extremely challenging right now, Axel. Yeah. You don't see immediate success at it. You're sticking with it. You're doing it. Now, first of all, I feel that seeing what I've seen in youth sports, most parents, ah, I don't want to do it, Mom. I don't want to do it, Dad. Okay, you don't have to do it. Easier to say, okay, you don't have to do it, than it is to say, no, you got to go. Because yeah, saying easier, no, you have to easier go to because say,
0: you know. you yeah, go ahead. I was going to say e- no. I was going to say easier to say, okay, you don't have to, than to hear your child whine and complain, and support them in this challenging endeavor?
1: 100%. Look, I, my, my job as, as the parent, of, as the father of my children, is not to be his best, her best, best friend. I have no interest in being their friend. They've got lots of friends in life. They're going to have one dad. That's the role I'm going to fill. And I hope right. and I try to have a wonderful relationship with them. A wonderful relationship with them. But that relationship is called father-son, father-daughter, not friend. And as their father, I know what's in their best interest. And what's in their best interest is to not quit when things get tough, to keep pushing forward, to keep pushing forward, to challenge themselves everywhere in life because that's how they grow as individuals. Yeah, that's true for them. It's true for us. You, you say, why, why has this happened in, in our society? Yeah, poor leadership at the family level. One of the first yeah. rules I learned in the Marine Corps, Bert, was don't ever ask your Marines to do something you aren't willing to do yourself. Okay, as parents, how often do we tell our kids, hey, hey, just go up and, and shake somebody's hand. Hey, go out there. You know, hey, try, try harder. Hey, look, I know All you right. don't like your vegetables, but hey, we got to try things that, that you don't. Yeah, we're, we're all pointing fingers at our kids to do something, what they have to do.
0: All right, so real yeah, don't quick. Don't ever ask uh, them to
1: do something that we're not willing to do ourselves. If you're going to ask absolutely. your kids to get uncomfortable, do it yourself.
0: All right, so real quick, let me plug the book. The book and the website are both called The Program. So you can go to theprogram.org and find out more about uh, The Program, Becoming Better Leaders, More Cohesive Teams. Or you can buy the book. I'm going to put a link here in the, short, in the show notes, the program available on Amazon, link here in the show notes. All right, so let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Eric.
1: Thanks. Yeah. Uh,
0: how can individuals create a championship mindset or culture or elite team? What are the first couple of steps there? What do we need to do?
1: Yeah. Thanks. So, f- first and foremost, as as we highlight our, the way we've we've broken up our book is, and I'm going to answer your question, but but I think this is important. The way that we've broken up our book is into seven sections. The seven keys to creating and sustaining a world class culture in our families, in our businesses, on or your athletic team, your your band, your theater group, whatever, any team. The seven non negotiables. Mm-hmm. And in the order that we should address them number in, in, in as far as order, that some of them may occur at the same time because life doesn't, life is not orderly, but at least we try to set the book up as best we can in, in order. But right. first and foremost, when we talk about creating a world-class culture, it starts with determining and defining your core values as a team, what does it mean to be one of us? What are our non-negotiables? As an example, and I'm going to keep saying it because it's the thing I'm most passionate about in life is, is my family. I dropped my son off at school this morning. Before he, now he's, as I said, he's eight, so I still walk him to class. As he enters his classroom, I ask him, hey, what do we got to be today? Selfless daddy. What's it mean to be selfless? It means we put the team first. That's right. Then what do we have to? We have to be tough, Daddy. What's it mean to be tough? It means we do what's right, not what's easy. That's right. And what do we have to then be? Disciplined. And what's it mean to be disciplined? It means I got to keep going if things get challenging. Yep. Okay. Great. Look, those things make me proud. Make your mom proud. Make us proud just realize no matter what today, we always love you. That's all we discuss. That's what it means to be one of us, a a member of our team. And by the way, those are the core values for our organization. Those are the non-negotiables. And by the way, a lot of times people say, well, what about kind? Or what about integrity? The kindest people I know in life are also the toughest. And if you're a disciplined person, I I feel it's synonymous with having high integrity, just as an FYI. But I'm not saying that those things are unimportant. I'm saying, look, this is what it means to be one of us. Don't try to be everything to everybody. I I, I don't need to teach my child a thousand different life lessons. God, these are the non-negotiables, though. Yes, there's other things I try to teach my children, but these are the ones I'm going to hammer home every day create a world-class culture by determining and defining what your core values are. Talk about them constantly. When your team or teammates are being those things, reward it, reward it constantly. That's first and foremost. Second, once we've done that, then that determines who the best people are for our team. And those people, those people fill one of two roles. We all do on any team, team leader and or teammate. Be the best team leader and the best teammate that we can be on all the teams of which we are a part. In the book, we discuss at length what specifically that means, though. But just make a commitment to being the best team leader and best teammate that we can be. We all have lots of titles. Director of this. Division head. Salesman, IT consultant. We all have various titles. Don't ever forget the two most important roles that we fill are team leader and teammate. We all have lots of titles. Be great team leaders and great teammates first.
0: Yeah, I like that. I like that. Okay, so let me ask you this. Speaking of tough, uh, and, and I want to get your input, uh, your input on this because I have found – in my experience, and again, I've not done some of the tough things that you've done <clears throat> uh, that everything in life is or almost everything in life is an exercise in discipline, and discipline is a hundred percent mindset, right I mean to make yourself work out when you don't want to work out that's a mindset to grind it out. When you're exhausted, that's a mindset. Um, You know, to be patient is a mindset. Uh, Everything in life seems to be a mindset, and and that we uh, put a lot of um, what do you call it? A lot of accolades on results, which is good, which we 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 should. Uh, But in order to get those accolades. To get those results we have to we have to be mentally tough and and sometimes we don't put any emphasis on mental toughness or maybe the word maybe the phrasing is that we're not 100% sure you know it's hard to define what mental toughness is it's it's one of those kind of a almost uh, you know uh, what do you call it not fluffy but you know it's just hard it's a hard cliche. word to maybe describe yeah, yeah. so so yeah is that am i on track here is everything that we want depending on our mental toughness talk about this
1: yeah yeah you know what's so funny about it is uh i'm i'm giving a speech tonight about the book and doing a book signing and uh because of time and in the audience and who's going to be there it's going to be my my remarks are going to be shorter in duration and and then I'll answer questions about the book. But so what is the one thing I'm going to talk to the group about tonight? I'm going to talk to them about physical, mental, and emotional toughness. That's what I'm going to talk to them about tonight. Gotcha. Uh, a couple of reasons for that. Number one, I talked about the seven sections of the book. In every section of our book, we took one story. From every from, from uh, certain members of the program team, all of our lead instructors, uh, Sam's arm blown off in Iraq, and its aftermath, that will be a story that holds the entire ch- section on not making excuses. That's the story that that is uh, holds the entire section together. Okay, it's the thread throughout the entire in our. Toughness chapter, uh, I highlight, I wrote about it, and, and I highlight my story of climbing Everett. One of the things that was so tough about writing that chapter, Bert, is something you're getting at right now, which is where does physical toughness, mental toughness, and emotional toughness, where are those lines delineated? Like, what's physically tough? What's mentally tough? What's being emotionally tough? Is that a mentally tough? thing that they're doing, or is it, would you consider it to be physically tough? Well, it's the single toughest thing I did while writing the book, was trying to help people get their arms and heads wrapped around the differences there. But ultimately, what I highlight is, what does it matter? What people consider physical toughness, mental toughness, or emotional toughness? Instead, right. let's, just, let, let, let's just call it tough. And toughness is binary. You are or you aren't. You're, it's a one or a zero. It's not a dial. Thankfully, though, it's a learned trait. It's a learned trait. You weren't born that way. No, none of us are. Un- unfortunately, if it's a learned trait, it means it can be forgotten. I highlight in the book that yeah. what's, the toughest, what's, what's the toughest thing about climbing Mount Everest? The first two days that you're there. It's, oh, it's cold. I'm sleeping on rocks. Oh, God, the food's not so good. Oh, I don't shower. Oh, there's no, uh, there's no Starbucks. There's no, well, I live in New England, so there's no Dunkin' Donuts. I mean, by day three, you don't care anymore. Toughness <laughs> is a learned trait, okay? Now, as we describe it, okay, physical toughness, a big part of physical toughness, a huge part of it, is physical fitness. People say, oh my God, that person's so tough. No, they aren't. They're just in great physical shape. And I cannot highlight enough for anybody, regardless of age, the importance of physical fitness. So the way it works is, is very simple physical fitness makes us more mentally tough. Again, that's not Eric Kapitulik or the program, that's science that teaches us that. And and how does it do so? Mental toughness, our ability to continue to make good mental decisions when we become physically tired. The more we exercise, the more energy exercise provides for us. It's based on mitochondria in our cells, and I won't get into it all with you. but, But the bottom line is the more we exercise, the more energy we have.
0: So uh, I want to write this down. We have, hold, hold on, I want to I want to drop this down. Make sure I got this right because I love this quote. Physical fitness makes us more. What was that? Makes us more mentally tough. Is that how you physical that?
1: fitness is a a huge part of physical toughness. Is physical fitness, and the more physically fit we are, the more mentally tough we are. I love that. Right? Physical fitness provides us it, – it, it forces our bodies to carry more oxygen to our brains. Again, as this isn't Eric Capitulic. This isn't the program. This is science. The more oxygen in our brain and our bloodstream, the more mentally aware we are
0: for any task that we're faced man i love that i love that and, and what i love about this is that it's it's a it's a great quote it's very memorable and uh it also emphasizes you know something that that uh, uh obviously we both believe in and that is physical fitness and and physical fitness changes over time so if you're you know a guy who's you know who might be physically fit uh at 25 is going to look different than than a a a man Physically fit at 65, uh, and, but still, physical fitness is is very important. You know, my dad, bless his heart, died at the age of 95. Uh, he smoked, he drank, but he also worked out. Even when he was 95, he would get up in the morning and do some breathing exercises, lifts, and, and he would work out with dumbbells. Whatever he did. Uh, and he still, like I said, he outlived everybody in his circle of influence. He outlived, uh, you know, all of his siblings. Um, and, and yes, genetics, genetics do play a part, but still, his morning routine was to get up and work out for whatever, you know, for, That's And he right. was, as, you know, at, at 95, he's as physically fit as you're going to be at 95. Uh, but I love this idea, Eric, of, uh, you know, th- this. The, the more physically fit we are, the more mentally tough we are. I like this, and, and that is so true because you know it reminds me of this old adage, and uh, that is, um, fatigue makes cowards of us all. And that is so true 100%. because when you are exhausted, you don't you don't want to get off the couch.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: Eric, we're out of time, and so I want to say again, first of all, thank you so much for serving our country. Second of all, for everybody listening, let's share this episode with everyone we know. The book, again, is called The Program. It's available at theprogram.org where you can find out more about Eric and what he can do for you and your teams. Uh, It's also – I'm going to put it here in the show notes. Eric Kapitulik, thank you so much for stopping by today.
1: Bert, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: All righty. Good stuff there from Eric Kapitulik, um, special ops, former special ops officer, uh, former Marine, uh, and uh, eight-time – talk about mental toughness – eight-time Ironman triathlete. Um, That's incredible. Please, let's share this episode with everyone you know. Don't think about it. Just share it with everybody, you know, uh, mental toughness. We all need to be more mentally tough. We all need to have better teams, whether it's in the uh, living room or in the boardroom, we need to have better teams. And as team leaders, we have to know how to create those teams. And, and I just love the program. Uh, again, the, The link's in the show show notes, so please, 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 let's share this episode with everyone you know, and as always, my friends, thank you so much for stopping by, and remember, you were created to succeed. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch, and check out our website at moneyforlunch.com.